you hear that? Do you hear that? Do you hear that sound? Do you hear that? You hear that, Rowdy? You hear that? What is that? That's the sound of the NFL's trade deadline approaching today at 3 o'clock Central Time. Will the Packers do anything? Will they be buyers? As Matt LaFleur on the podium yesterday said he's been in contact with Gutekunst about it, or will they be sellers? Which also Matt LaFleur may or may not have alluded to yesterday. Or will they be Stan Patters? What will they be, Rowdy? What will will they be? The obvious answer is if they become sellers, the season's over. What is that noise? I think, wouldn't you agree that if they stand pat and don't acquire anybody, it's a, uh, we'll say a 60-40, they have an opportunity to make the playoffs? If they stand pat and don't make a move. It was 60 miss or 40 make? I was going to say 60 make, 40 <laughs> miss. Sure, I'll go. I'll, I'll be positive today. I'll go with that. And if they acquire somebody, depending on what it is, who it is, hmm. maybe they could make a playoff run. Well, how about this? I'll, let me play you something. Matt LaFleur was asked, sitting at three and five, losers of four straight in a row, will the Green Bay Packers be sellers? At the NFL trade deadline. I'm, I'm going to play his answer, and then let me know what you think when uh, it's done. Here. I hope not. But, you know, you just, you never know. That was it. One more time. Hey, Matt LaFleur, are you going to be sellers sitting at three and five? Losers of four straight in a row? I hope not. But, you know, you just, you never know. How much confidence does that give you that the Packers aren't going to be sellers? I hope not. But, you know, you just, you never know. (laughs) Okay, he was asked, though, has he been in contact with Brian Gutekunst to improve the roster? Yeah, we've been having those conversations for weeks now. And it it really comes down to, to opportunity. If the right opportunity presents itself, I know that, Goody's all on board of, of trying to upgrade our roster. You're always trying to do that. But um, we're not going to just do a silly deal. Oh, a little silly deal, Rowdy. Did you hear that? Our guy, Worst Brewer fan, just hit me up. He said, uh, breaking news, LaFleur said he and Goody talked to David Stearns to learn ab- uh, about, and I quote, silly deals. <laughs> the Matt LaFleur, I literally have like no confidence in him. Ever since I saw him crying at halftime, uh, Sunday against, um, God, who the hell did the Packers just play? Why can't I think of that? Buffalo? Yeah, but against the Buffalo Bills, when I saw him crying at halftime, I've literally, I have no confidence left in Matt LaFleur. And Rowdy, I played you the video yesterday, uh, cause you said you were like in between, you know, doing some stuff at halftime. Did it not look like Matt LaFleur was balling his eyes out at halftime? And a guy who was like lost all confidence? Well, he didn't reek of any confidence. <laughs> Everything he says now, I just think of him crying. Because if you saw halftime when he came out of the tunnel and he had this little interview, um, he was crying. Like his eyes were all welled up. He was all watery. He was like stumbling all over his words. He was all flush in the face. And now every time I hear him on the podium, I have no confidence. Anything says talking about silly deals. You're always trying to do that, but um, we're not going to just do a silly deal. (laughs) All right. So there's already teams making moves. Roquan Smith now gone. From the Chicago Bears, jettisoned to the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens acquired their uh, Bears linebacker, Roquan Smith. Uh, what was it for? Uh, was it a second and a fifth, I do believe? I got to go look back into it. Rowdy, there's already, we've already seen teams making moves, making moves, making moves. And what are the Green Bay Packers doing? Sitting on their hands, not doing anything, losing games. What's your gut tell you? Stand pat, sell, buy. I think they stand pat. I think they stand pat, too. Because what do we know about the Packers and all of the free agencies gone by? Kind of just stand pat. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if they sold? (laughs) (laughs) That would be, they're done for the season. For a season where you had Super Bowl aspirations coming in, you had a defense that many said would be anywhere from top 10 to the best defense. You had a lot of guys that were, you know, kind of, either in their last year of a contract or they were at the end of their rookie deal Mm. and you were going to have to make some moves or you had like a guy like 
Aaron Jones, who's due a ton of money next year. Could he be on the chopping block or the trading block? It'd be very interesting if they had a fire sale because they do have a lot of pieces. <laughs> they do. On paper, they have a lot of pieces that are pretty good players. Mm-hmm. They haven't played that way. Games haven't went the Packers way. But if you are going to have a fire sale, you're going to get a lot back for a lot of these players because they are seen in the NFL circles as pretty good players. See, I heard someone say trade Aaron Jones coming up here. Get King's ransom for Aaron Jones. Could you see the Packers part ways with an Aaron? That, you'd be really done with the season. That. Oh, if, if that, that's they, it, that'd be the white flag. If you're they done. got rid of Aaron Jones, well, one, they'd be clearing a lot of cap space. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they would be gaining a lot of draft capital just because Aaron Jones is as good as he is. He's due a ton of money next year because remember he was one of the the potential cut candidates going into next season because of his how his salary was broken up. Yep. But yeah, who the hell's gonna? Who's a playmaker? <laughs> who's a playmaker on this team if Aaron Jones is gone? You hear, you hear the silence. Nobody. Well, I mean, there's some guys that are hurt. It's funny that it's funny that you brought up. Aaron Jones, because there is a guy that has to be activated today if he's going to play this season, and his name is Kylan Hill, and he's also a running back. <laughs> yeah, because he's coming off the knee injury, right? Yeah, he so he's coming off of the ACL. He actually tore his ACL the same exact game that Bob Tunyon did against the Cardinals. Mm. And if you remember, he was the kind of the the third running back, obviously behind Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. He was the kick and punt return guy played pretty well at running back in the preseason, but obviously didn't get a ton of touches last year yeah. when you have those two guys out of them. But yeah, he is back. They opened his um, IR window. They they uh, activate him from the IR three weeks ago. His three weeks are up as of today. So at, by the end of today, they either have to activate him or he will be on season-ending IR. Wow. And I would imagine if you opened his window this early because it's been – just a little short of a year Mm -hmm. you're opening that window to play him that wouldn't make any sense to open it now when there's still over half a season left to not have him play right am i wrong no you're not wrong at all no um i'm just i so i just googled packers trade deadline and it's funny the just the different uh, array of headlines here I'll see as NFL trade deadlines uh looms exposed packers are in a no-win situation uh, here's another one. Green Bay should consider a Darnell Savage trade. I would consider a Darnell <laughs> Savage cut <laughs> after the game that was against. Did the Did you see? So there was somebody I don't he remember. Stinks. There was a couple different Twitter accounts of like Packer guys that follow the team or have a lot of commentary on the team. They were showing some of his missed tackles. It's terrible. He couldn't even tackle a peewee kid. Rowdy, uh, d- did I hear another talking head saying that he was always been a hitter? Was that Darnell Savage he was talking about, or was that? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Someone we've heard a, a someone many times say that Darnell Savage is, and I quote, a hitter. But the real profile on Darnell Savage is that he was a four-three <laughs> opportunistic ball hawk coming out of Maryland and was like a cover guy. When has speed. he ever been a hitter? And now he's not great in coverage, which was supposed to be a strong suit and was never a big hitter or tackler. And clearly you saw that against Buffalo. Yeah. I don't think he's ever been considered quote a hitter. So if you heard someone say that, be like, yeah, that's not, that's fake news. Actually. Remember how you remember how we were saying yesterday? Oh, I don't remember exactly how it came up, but we were talking about, would you take the paycheck to go play running back in the NFL? Yeah. And I said I would, and then I'd probably leave on the stretcher. Yeah. I actually take that back. If if the <laughs> if the team that I was on blocked well enough to where it was one-on-one, me and the safety in the hole, uh-huh. and the safety happened to be <laughs> Darnell Savage, <laughs> I'd actually feel pretty good that I'm not going to leave in a stretcher. <laughs> well, okay, so Josh Allen, I saw this from Matt Schneidman. Uh, he, he had a reminder that the Packers exercised Darnell Savage fifth-year option, and then he has got the... Uh, He's got the video. Green Bay Packers were worried about. Joe Barry, their defensive coordinator, said, I've never seen anybody like him. I've never seen anybody can throw like him. That's when Josh Allen was running to, towards the end zone rowdy, and Darnell Savage came in, and he threw an elbow out and completely just hit air. That's and, what I was saying. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't even make a tackle in most peewee games. He just literally just 
chicken winged an elbow yeah. and, and thought, a, I don't know, a quarterback like Josh Allen, who's like 6'5", 240. He didn't even hit him. Would fall over. Well, even if he did hit him, yeah. <laughs> you think a 6'5", 240 guy is going to fall over from a little chicken wing elbow? Anything, he's probably going to have a, a bumped funny bone. <laughs> Darnell Savage. So, yes, uh, there's the first headline or the second headline. The first one was exposed Packers are a no-win situation with trade deadline looming. The second one, Green Bay should consider a Darnell Savage trade. As Rowdy just said, how about a Darnell Savage cut? If you can trade for him and get anything for him, I'm, I'm fine with trading him. If we're going to sell, I'm fine with selling Darnell Savage. Don't let the don't he, hit you he, with the good looks. He played you. really well his rookie year, and I feel like he's been on the decline ever since. Yeah. Here's the next headline: Packers must trade for a wide receiver or risk wasting season. And Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers' remaining career. Packers must trade for a wide receiver or risk wasting season. And Aaron Rodgers' remaining career. Now. Let's be honest with ourselves, Rowdy. Just getting a wide receiver is not going to be the cure-all for the Green Bay Packers, but it would help put them in the right direction, would it not? I would agree. Yeah. And even getting a good receiver doesn't make this team all of a sudden Super Super Bowl caliber. Nope, but you could get yourself more easily into the playoffs, I'd imagine, instead of relying on you know, who was uh, catching passes Sunday night. It was Samari Sammy Watkins, Sa- Samari Touré, Touré, Romeo Dobbs, Amari Rodgers. <laughs> That's your that's your four. So after Watson left with an injury, a wide receiver definitely would not hurt this Green Bay Packers uh, roster here. Also, uh, who else was on there? We'll look at some headlines throughout the day. But uh, buyers, sellers, or stand patters? What are the Green Bay Packers going to be today by three o'clock? Well, if you heard the comments from Matt Lafleur, I'm not confident they're going to be a buyer or a seller. I feel like they'd just be kind of a I don't know a stand patter. The Packers need some help, and they need a lot of help. But if they are indeed sellers. It is over for the Green Bay Packers. Hell, the, the 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 Chicago Bears have the same record as the Packers. The Bears sent away what Roquan Smith yesterday to the Ravens. Who they sent away last week? Uh, their other linebacker. Um, the Bears sent someone else away, and Smith had to end his. Oh, the D end Robert or, Quinn. Yeah, Quinn. Excuse me. Could they, and then uh, Roquan Smith had to end his presser because he got all emotional about it. You see the Bears just just mantling their roster to try and start fresh with this new regime. They're the same record as the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, but they're in two totally different places in their franchise arcs right now. Obviously, the Bears are looking to build for the future around Justin Fields. They have a ton of uh, salary cap space coming up in the next season. Packers are the quite opposite. They're going all in or appeared to be going all in for the end of Aaron Rodgers' career, which what was anywhere from one to three seasons by looking at his contract if it wasn't changed. Yeah. And they had all kicked the can down the road with all the salaries. Bears are trying to free up as much money and and gain as much draft capital as they possibly can. Remember for the longest time where the Bears made all those trades to go get uh, Mitch Trubisky to go get Justin Fields. Yep. All those... All those hilarious trades, like bringing in Khalil Mack, where they traded first-round pick after first-round pick after first-round pick. Well, coming up here, all of those first-round picks are already past due, and now they're going to start getting them back, and they're adding to that draft capital. Yep. Like, and that's why one of our listeners, Paulie, was his one saving graces. He's like, just wait till next season when we have more money than God. But I will say this to Paulie. You're the Bears. He still has to get seven wins this year. That's all I care about. <laughs> yes, That's indeed. all I care about. Everyone in the NFL as the trade deadline is today at 3 p.m. Central Time. 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 Time has come today. It's ticking. I have a poll up at Zone Madison. Just put it up while Rowdy's doing the edge. The NFL trade deadline looms. What do you think the Packers will do? Not what should the Packers do. What do you think the Packers will do? Buy, sell, or nothing? AKA Stamp That. Right now, boys, very early the returns as time is ticking. 75% of the vote going with nothing. Nada. And I have not voted, but I am going to bring it up and vote ASAP. I already voted nothing. AKA Stamp That. RJ, I suggest you get on your Twitter account at BrockTalk84. Go to Zone Madison. I just got it in. Nothing. Rowdy, you went on Rowdy underscore Razor. His Twitter went to Zone Madison at nothing. Let's see what we have. All right, RJ, I suggest you hurry up. 
get those Twitter fingers working a little faster. Got it. Got it. You're in. All right, boys. With that, 81% of the vote now says the Packers will do nothing as the trade deadline looms. What will you do? Pop quiz hotshot. The NFL trade deadline's three o'clock and your team has lost four in a row instead of three and five on the season. What do you do? What do you do? It's already gone up to 85%. No, 85% nothing. (laughs) Why do the Packers do this to us every effing year? Well, do something! To be honest, trade deadline is and all this action is really new in football. How many times have we talked about like never seen this kind of action before and then every year it's been picking up and it's like we've never seen this kind of action before. Yeah, when you talk about the major sports, RJ, baseball is where those last couple days, it's crazy. The last hour, you'll have five trades comes in and then they'll start even announcing a couple of them an hour after the trade deadline because they weren't publicly available right in the nba towards the end of their deadline it's not as crazy as major league baseball but they still make a lot of trades you'll have teams dumping salaries teams trying to acquire that one six man that might help them in the playoffs or whatever and then there's the nfl where you might see like a trade or two right this year or the last couple years there's actually been more trades in the NFL mm-hmm. than there has been even like five years ago, Apparently, but still pretty David dead. Montgomery's on his way to the Rams. That's Dude, there's so many, something developing. There's so rapidly. many teams making oh, moves. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you oh, trade no, him if absolutely. you're the Bears? Yeah. Khalil Herbert's been better. He's doing all right. Yeah. He's been <laughs> better and he's. Yeah. He's the backup. Why wouldn't you trade the starter then? <laughs> he's the backup. <laughs> there's so many teams making moves. Yeah. And the Packers are just sitting there like, oh, duh, 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 duh. we're going to get uh, Freifogel back. We tried him out two weeks ago. We'll get him. <laughs> Brian Gutekunst, it's criminal what you're doing at the end of Aaron Rodgers' career. I've been, I was thinking about it Sunday night. I was thinking about it yesterday. But to see the end of Aaron Rodgers, of you literally doing nothing to help him out for weapons. I mean, look who's throwing to against the Bills. Rowdy, list off the receivers again against the Bills that Rodgers was thrown to. This is who was healthy after Christian Watson had went down with that uh, what looks to be a concussion. It was Sammy Watkins, who was coming off of being out for over a month with a hamstring, and the week before was on a snap count. It was first-year rookie Romeo Dobbs. It was the first-year rookie Samari Toure. And then second-year player Amari Rodgers. That's it! That's it. Time's ticking, Goody. What are you going to do? And next week, you're not going to have Randall Cobb back. Christian Watson is probably more than likely, especially with uh, all the hyper-focus on concussions with Tua this year. I would imagine he wasn't played due to concussion. Mm -hmm. It's over. And I think I saw something where Jawan Winfrey needs to be elevated to the roster for good and signed to the 53 because they've already used his uh, three elevations for the year Man. where it's either they're going to have to let him go or sign him to the to the roster. Uh, it's my affiliation with the Gangsta Nation. This guy's a true G right here. Maybe a Kenny G. I'll explain why in a second. Grant Bills of Let's Go Sports Show. Good morning, Grant. Oh, thank you for that introduction, Evo. Good morning. How are you today? Um, I said this off air. I'll say it on air. I feel so good today. It should be illegal, Grant. It's like a drug that oh. should be like just taken off the market. Uh, but here I am. Uh, why? Probably because I get to talk to you. Reason? Any any reason or just, you know? Well, I get to talk to you and I, I wanted to do this. Oh, how much I look forward to this every week, too. You hear this, Grant? Ooh. Ooh. You hear that? Nothing but sacks, baby. Mm. Sacks on the beach. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, what, what is this? What is this? Mm. This is uh, my interpretation of the NBA lounge. Ooh. I like I love the Wisco Sports Show. I was listening yesterday. Um, obviously not the NBA lounge, but I listened yesterday. Sounded fantastic. Good callers. Fantastic callers. Great hosting abilities from Grant Bills. Grant, <laughs> last night the Bucks became 6-0 and undefeated. On the year. Yeah. Only undefeated team in the NBA. Drew mm-hmm. Holiday balling out, hit that three, final minute, and then had to withstand a little bit from the Pistons, bricking a couple. 
Grant, tell us about how good the Milwaukee Bucks are right now. Well, they just have it all figured out. You know, you watch the Nets or, I mean, the Lakers think, but the Nets specifically, the Sixers, you know, they're all these teams that we expect to be contenders that are kind of working through it. The Bucks aren't working through anything right now. They're just winning games. They know who they are. Giannis knows who he is, and he's still working to improve on things. I don't really think he's found his jumper yet. I don't think he's found his touch in the mid-range yet, but that doesn't matter. Because he's putting up 30 points a night. There's a couple of games so far, Ebo, where he's had like four points in the first half, six points in the first half. Then he comes out and put, drops 32 points in the second half. Um, so the Bucks just know who they are, even without two starters, which is really impressive and bodes really well for them. Um, isn't that nice? On Saturday night, isn't that nice to know who you are as a team? Because you look at the Packers, like they don't know who yeah. they are. They stink. And then you look at the Badgers for a while; they didn't know who they were. They were losing games. But if you know your identity and you play to your identity, you do good things, like the Bucks. Yes, yes, yes. And they played a couple of close games. Like it came down to the wire against the Nets and the Sixers early on. It came down to the wire against the Hawks on Saturday night. And they're just so cool and calm and in control. And they just close out games like the professionals that they are, Evo. Um, and last night, I I was mostly watching the Bucks. I had Monday Night Football on, but that game stunk. Uh, really, I'm only watching Monday Night Football at this point for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman because I missed them on Sundays. Mm. The games, for the most part, have stunk. Most football games have stunk, which is why I was going to watch Ben Kenny's Phillies last night, but that game got rained out. So mm. yeah, Get a roof, you pores. Get a roof. Phillies yeah, get a roof. Sport. Get a roof. The, the most important game of the season today canceled because of a little rain. Get a wow, roof. can't get imagine. Just tell them to get a roof. Tell them to get a roof. Ben's probably listening around. Tell, tell the Phillies to get, the poverty franchise to get a roof, would you? Well, Ben, if he if he was in studio right now, he'd go something like, "Yeah, no, I." You say, grow yeah. up, grow up. Grant, yeah. you did hear yeah. about the uh, financial collapses every time the Phillies win the World Series. Oh, yeah, did you hear about this, Grant? Right. So, so the... What a weird trend. Extension to that was also every game three has also been rained out. Hey, say what you want about our Milwaukee Brewers, but you know what? They don't cause any financial collapses by winning the World Series. So, you know, who's the, who's the real poverty franchise? <laughs> Hey, Grant. Speaking yeah. of the Brewers, really, I'm going to get your piggy brain and click on the Packers. But speaking of the Brewers, how shocked were you when you saw David Stearns was like, eh, I'm dipping. I'll stay on as an advisor, but I'm dipping from President of Baseball Operations. Man, Arnold, have fun. What did you think? Okay. So I had to think about it for a while, but I actually love this. If I was David Stearns, I would do this too. This is If this is what he's doing and he's true about staying in Milwaukee for another year, he's taking a gap year. But one of my callers brought this up, and I thought it was a great take. He's like, hey, I'm going to the Mets next year anyway. All right? We all know it. I know it. You guys know it. Yep. So why don't I just relax for a year? I made a meme about it. a little free time. Yeah. Have a little time with my family. I need to rest and relax. Let's let Matt Arnold take over a year early. He can get his hands on the reins, get his hands dirty. And if he has any questions for me, then I can help him. Right? I can work in an advisory role. I can go home a little bit earlier every day, see my smiling kids and my wife. Maybe watch some more NBA games. He strikes me as a as a guy who might maybe watch uh, some extra sports this time off. And then next year he can fire it up with the Mets again. So he's taking a gap year, like in between high school and college. That's that's what I think Stearns is doing, unless he's leaving for the Mets tomorrow. But you know, if he's going to the Mets next year, I think it's a great plan. I think it's a, a good chance for the Brewers to transition while Stearns is still there, and for Stearns to catch his breath. In. You think he's a Knicks guy? Stearns? I don't know. I you think he's a Knicks that. guy. Well, well he's be better Manhattan. than being a Nets fan. Yeah. He's a Harvard guy. He's an Ivy Leaguer, probably. He's probably like big into lacrosse and polo and rowing and all those other weird sports. He was a huge peak Jeremy Lin guy with the Knicks. Oh, the Lin, Lin Sanity, oh. dude. Lin Sanity. Who wasn't, though? Oh, what a week that was. Oh, my God. I'll never forget it. Was that with the Knicks, though, oh. Lin Sanity was at his height? Yeah. Yeah, was that Knicks? Yeah. Hey, Grant. <clears throat> Not at its height, but probably at its lowest point right now, especially under Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Packers. I'm going to turn off the jazz. I get the allure, by the way, of uh, talking over jazz music. It's kind of nice. Isn't it just like you it's could sit there and go forever? Yeah, it's very soothing. I enjoy it. It's nice. I'm just going to... A little sax on the radio. Uh, uh, show me your old face. A little sax on the radio. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, I'm going to turn that off. Oh, great. Madison's sexiest sports talk station. Hey, everyone. This is Madison's sexiest sports talk radio. The Zone. <laughs> Grant, not sexy or even sexy. The Green Bay Packers, they stink. 
Man, they got um, first half, looked like they didn't get trucks. Second half, by the way, did you see this, what I saw? Coming out of halftime, Matt LaFleur from the tunnel. Did you see his interview? Right before? Like, yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're talking about how he looks like he was going to cry, he always looks like No, no, no. I, I know he always looks like he's about to. I swear to God, after the interview, he just got done bawling his eyes out in front of the whole team. Like, he, he couldn't talk. He was stumbling all over his words. His face was all puffy. His eyes were, like, watering everywhere. Even my wife was like, what is wrong with that guy? Was he or was he not crying? I, you can't convince me otherwise, actually, that he wasn't bawling his eyes out at halftime. He totally is was. Is that a, a coaching move that players respect? It's like, oh, coach Well, look what happened in the second half. It must have been. Man, I, I don't know. Matt LaFleur can never speak clearly in press conferences or otherwise. So, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, maybe that's the trick that he pulled out of his coaching bag. He's like, all right, I'm going to cry in front of my guys. That should motivate him. <laughs> I don't know. Grim. You, you never cry. You never cry in the studio to motivate all the other folks on your show when you're. If when I were to cry in the studio, our... Rowdy would walk out. No, I never cry. Yeah. I got yeah, too much okay. testosterone okay. to do that. Grant, the Packers, though, are yeah. they going to do yeah. anything by the trade deadline at 3 o'clock today? Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> Buy, sell, or stand pat? I mean, I'd probably just stand pat. Like, okay, sure, if the Jets want to give you Elijah Moore for a third-round pick, yeah, but that's a guy who you can keep on your roster next year and into the future. And, I like, that's what we've seen with the Packers is they want to look for a wide receiver and they want someone on a rookie deal. Which frustrates me because if that's what they wanted so bad, they just should have drafted a wide receiver two years ago like <laughs> everyone wanted them to. And then they'd have a guy who's approaching the end of their rookie contract already on the team. Oh, I, so thought, I, I saw you tweet that to that Peter Bukowski guy. Like, I, it, Pete, if, well, and I don't know why. Some He's a, just, speaking of, speaking of dudes that cry, that guy, my God, I think he cries more than Matt on the floor. Okay. The, the Peter Bukowski thing, really quick. Sometimes I just like jumping into his mentions because that's a place where you can mix it up with. Dude, other he Packers is the fans. biggest wussy. Uh, he is the biggest wussy I've ever seen ever. Look. When he had a video Sunday about how John Coon called him a drama queen, and he went on how about it's sexist and what else? Did he, what was it, Rowdy? Sexist <laughs> and and misogynistic and whatever. I'm like, you are a wussy, and I used the the word sort of the P, not a W. Look, I, Peter Bukowski. The problem with Pete is he tweets too much. He does occasionally. He sucks. He sucks. He he tweets like times a day. So the good points are mixed in with points that I don't understand. But, hey, I will say. I've never laughed harder with his video on Sunday. That was so funny. He is such. He is low T as they come. Huh? Because gives us so much content. I don't even want to to give him the time of day. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to give him the time of day. I don't even want to do this. I I just know he sucks. I know. I couldn't help myself. He's such a. He's such a. We'll to get back to where we started, yeah, I don't think they should do anything because I, I don't think it'll really matter. Unless their defense learns how to tackle and their offense learns how to block, I, I don't really know if another wide receiver is going to make a huge difference. No. Are the Packers cooked? Uh, no. I, I don't think they're cooked because the rest of it, dude, the NFL sucks right now. Like, I'm watching last night. It's like the Bengals could barely score points on the Browns who were being led by Jacoby Brissett. I know that's the AFC, but... The Rams stink in the NFC. The Buccaneers, the four and four Falcons are leaving the South. Like the, the Packers aren't cooked because the rest of the league is going to allow them a chance to stay in there. I actually thought Saturday night's game, you know, I, you don't strike me as a moral victory show. I, I didn't really call it a no, moral Rowdy victory. Is the, I think you're going to say the same thing Rowdy under, is under the belief of. I thought the Bills let the foot off the gas in the second half. But a lot of people were saying yesterday that they feel a little more happy about the Packers, even though in, the, in a loss in the second half. They're going to tell you not to feel happy about the team. I think the Bills were perfectly fine with the Packers running at five yards a pop and taking eight minutes off the clock at a time. Now, that being said, Rodgers and Matt LaFleur might have found something on Sunday night in that that's what the foundation looks like, right? That's the base. And as the season goes along, ideally, as you block a little better and Romeo Dobbs gets a little better and hopefully Christian Watson gets healthy, you go from that base and you start working in more of the downfield passing shots. Like on Saturday night, it was basically a 50-50 split. And Aaron Rodgers was absolutely right in his postgame presser. They aren't going to need to push the ball down the field to win games in 2022. But I think on Sunday night, we saw this base, this foundation to build from. And as the year goes along, if they can continue that base with Jones and Dylan, so good. And I thought Dylan, not that it's saying much on his best game of the year, if they can mix in more shot plays as the season goes along and add more explosive passing plays, I think they might have found something. Now, I I don't know if they're all of a sudden going to be a Super Bowl contending team, but they can build off of Sunday night for sure. Uh, Grant, 
Yeah. Uh, breaking news. No, this is a lot of people are not going to know who this is. You might. Are, were you a Migos guy? I think everyone my age was in college. Yeah, you know, take, takeoff. Takeoff was just shot and killed. <clears throat> yeah, you I, see uh, that? I woke up and yeah, I woke up and saw a video of his body. I'm wow. really glad that free speech is such a thing on this platform that's protected like that. That's that's crazy. That really needed to see. It was over a dice game. Wait, apparently, wait, what did you just say that? What? You, you, you know you can see that well before any of the recency of Twitter, right? Like, that was always on Twitter. Yeah, no, no, I spend a good amount of time on Twitter. I, I, I don't normally see bodies on Twitter, but I agree to disagree. I didn't think it's okay, dumb, I mean, I've seen it for of, 10 years, so. I've sent it people. Was, yeah, yeah Rowdy sent me stuff from years ago. You know, nothing has changed. You know, nothing has changed. There I'm, it is. Oh, Rowdy, there you go, RJ. Hey, yeah. Grant, you want to see a dead body? <laughs> go look. <laughs> Dude, it was over a game of dice. How sad is that? It's like it's in a mall. That's crazy. Hey, Grant, we love you, buddy. Uh, we'll listen. God, we're late for a break. Four to six tonight. What do we got coming up on the Wisco Sports Show? Clemens is going to be here. Probably going to talk a little Bucks because uh, we didn't at all last night. But Packers and Bucks and Mike Clemens. Grant, we love you so much. Bowling alley. I love you guys so much. You have an excellent day. Uh, I really do enjoy this time. You're woefully late for a break, so we, get out of here. Oh, we really need you to send that headshot. I'm trying to get the address for you. Uh, he won't send it to me, but we got to give you sending headshots to listeners um, <laughs> that love you. Autograph. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, we love you, Graham. We're woefully late. See you, buddy. Well, you get out of here, kid. See, go see, on. See, yes. No, I tell you to go. See you, buddy. Well, you can give him the address to the I'm studio. trying to get the guys that... He won't give it to me. Studio. I just wanted... Polly, I just want your mailing address. <laughs> So many teams are making moves before the trade deadline. Okay, I'm going to read it down a little date, uh, little list for you. So teams are reaching out to the Colts for Hines, for Neem Hines. The Bears have traded their linebacker, a Roquan Smith, just to the Ravens. And before that, who'd they trade? It was uh, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. There's P- Elijah Moore for the Jets. People are checking in on him. You have uh, the Texans open to trading their wide receiver, Brandon Cooks. You have the 49ers listing offers for their running back, uh, Jeff Wilson. And what do the Niners do? They just got Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the Chiefs had That's added, why Jeff Wilson is now expendable. Yeah. The Chiefs, they just added a wide receiver, Kadarius, uh, Kadarius uh, Tony. You have, uh, what else has gone on here? Um, the Cowboys, they added it from the Raiders. The uh, Jonathan Hackins, a uh, defensive tackle. You have the Jets agreed to trade for Jaguars running back, uh, James Robinson. You have all kinds of people making moves. That, hell, the Panthers cleaning house. And a lot of those things, though, so like you just brought up James Robinson trade between the Jaguars and the Jets, that's because the Jets just had a major injury to Brees Hall, mm-hmm. their star rookie running back. They see that they need to replace him. Or like you mentioned, Kadarius Toney being traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs have had a banged-up wide receiver core. We knew that they were going to have a lesser core without Tyreek Hill, who, oh, by the way, is the number one fantasy wide receiver. He's balling out in Miami. Mm -hmm. They knew that they needed to replace him. They brought in Valdez Scantling. He's supposed to be the speed guy. You know, they've, they've had a little guys get dinged up here and there. Maybe we should bring in another wide receiver because that's only going to help our wide receiver core. So in, so with Tyreek Hill leaving, they brought in now MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kadarius Toney to replace him. Tony. The Green Bay Packers, they had Devontae Adams leave. What they, they brought in Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, and Samari Toure. That's their, that's Sam, their three. Hey, Sammy Watkins. And Sammy Watkins. That's the the four guys that they brought in. So an unproven second round pick from North Dakota State. Yep, that you knew was going to have growing pains, one hundred percent. Now he's Mister Glass. An unproven fourth round pick out of Nevada. That was productive in college, but still a hell of a lottery ticket. Uh, Samari, a seventh round pick from Nebraska. You were probably surprised that made your roster. And a guy who's always hurt. I, now when he's healthy, he's which is rare. I like him, but Sammy Watkins again, a guy that at this point in his career is a number three. So, huh? We're going to give away or trade away the, number three when healthy. We're going to let Devonte Adams, the best wide receiver in the game, go to the Raiders in Las Vegas. And our solution is going to be a second rounder, a fourth rounder, a seventh rounder, and a, and a guy who's always hurt. We're going to let the best wide receiver in the game go for a bunch of rookies and a guy who's always injured. Huh. And you have other teams out there who are in the playoff hunt who have 
a wide receiver go down or a running back go down or someone with injury or someone that left, and they go out and make big moves to go and, you know, try to patch up that hole. Alleviate their problems. Huh. It's criminal. Criminal of what Brian Gutekunst is doing to the end of Aaron Rodgers' career. And the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the more I think charges should be brought up. But you have till 3 o'clock today, Central Time, for the NFL trade deadline. Time is running out. What will they do? Let's check on Twitter poll really quick here. Buy, sell, or nothing. Packer Nation right now, 78% of the vote says they will do nothing. And that's on par for the Packers course. Good morning. Wake up, Mr. Gutekunst. Trade deadline's here at 3 o'clock. Rowdy, buy, sell, nothing. You voted nothing. I voted nothing. That's what we think is going to happen. And but when what I say, happen. Yeah, when I say nothing, I'm still saying I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move as in, like, signing some free agent off the street that most people have never yeah, heard of. Essentially or, nothing. Grabbing someone off of a practice squad, something like that would be the move that I'm anticipating. But when I'm talking about buying, I'm talking about going out and trading for that Chase Claypool, going out and trading for that Elijah Moore, going and getting a player that's going to definitely make your team better. Yes. So, yes, that's where I voted. They will be stand patters. They will do nothing. They will maybe peruse the waiver wire and the the practice squads but that's that's about it like i want them to go get like a chase claypool like you just brought up for second round pick do it now if it was me i'm buying i'm going all in and my reasoning for that is on paper this is a team that just last season was arguably one of the top five teams in the nfl was it not Mm -hmm. you would say that Arguably every single position on this football team has the exact same players or has been upgraded on paper outside of probably uh, the tight ends where they're probably neutral. The offensive line where they're probably neutral on paper, though they haven't been healthy. The only real downgrade was to the wide receiver position. Everything else was neutral or a positive, Mm -hmm. but they're not playing like it. Clearly. And clearly you need a lot of help, especially at skilled need positions at wide receiver and your wide receiver. That was already a negative. They haven't been able to stay healthy. They haven't been able to keep guys on the, on the field. Yep. I'm going all in. And the reason for all that, your chips in the middle, not only do you have a good team on paper that should be so much better than what it's played, but let's look at the current arc of the franchise. Aaron Rodgers has this season. And maybe two other seasons, if you look into his contract, unless he changes his mind, unless he goes back and and changes his contract and and all the stuff in that, he has at the most two years after this year looking at the contract. You have to go all in. Look at what you've already been doing the last couple years. You've been kicking contracts down the road, right? So the pain is going to hit you in the future whether or not you go all in or not, correct? Correct. Like you, it's going to meet up with you sooner or later. Yes. You keep kicking it down the road. You can you can prolong it, but it will get there. You've already done this two years now. They have the, down the road, down the road, down the road, down the road. If if you're if you've done it down the road, kick these contracts now for two seasons. What the hell's two more seasons? <laughs> Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you really going to be halfway through this current plan of yours? And then pull the plug because all of a sudden you didn't get off to a good start, not even quite halfway through a season. Why do they keep kicking it down the road just to never fully commit to it? That's what I'm saying. It yeah. doesn't make sense. You got to go. You got to go after this. They're like half in the pool. Another reason why I think you go all in here is they're like turtle heading right now. When you watch Jordan Love either play, crap or get off the pot. When you watch Jordan Love play, I was a guy that was high on Jordan Love coming out of the draft. Didn't want the Packers to draft him. Thought he had a high ceiling. Thought he also had a pretty low floor. I don't think he's ever going to get to that ceiling. Just from watching him play from the Kansas City game, the half against Detroit. You know, he had some moments in preseason against like a Buffalo's defense. Yada, 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 yada. I don't think he ever gets to that ceiling. I think if you plugged him and played him right now as a quarterback, 
Is he probably a starting quarterback caliber player in this league? Yeah, probably. Is he a bottom five to 10 quarterback? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think you ever get a top 10 quarterback out of Jordan love. I I'm, I'm ready to say that as a matter of fact, I don't believe in Jordan love being a top 10 quarterback. Could he be 15? Maybe. That's the great unknown. Like, we don't see but that's the him. thing. Do you really think that this team constructed as is can win with a top 15, like a 15th ranked quarterback? No, I don't think they're good enough either, especially no. at the offensive position with the weapons. Plus, if you did change quarterbacks, they're going to need weapons or else they're going to look like Justin Fields. Yeah. Who's he going to throw to? And if I had my choice of Justin Fields or Jordan Love, probably from what I've seen from both of them, I'm probably taking Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Now, I just don't understand. And I think if you look at this roster, when Aaron Rodgers moves on, if it is in the next few years, you still have some pieces under contract that are pretty good players to build around. Like Kenny Clark is a very young player still because he came into the league at 20 and and he's a damn good player. Aaron Jones in theory could still be under contract. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you save that contract, cut them or do whatever with them, that'll remain to be seen, but we'll see. I just think at this point, why, if you already said you're going all in and kicking all these contracts down the road, would you punt on that halfway through? It the, makes no sense. Yeah, halfway through the plan. Just because you had some turbulence for almost the first half of the season. We know that the team is good on paper. We know that the team can play way better than this. The people that need to look themselves in the mirror, in my opinion, is Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry. Totally. And, and, and Brian Gutekunst. And the fact that, in my opinion, that one thing, yeah, he's got to go get a receiver. But once you say you were happy with what he had done on paper outside of the receiver position, and leading up to this season, you're like, all right, the Goody has been doing pretty yeah. well for himself. And now you look at it, you're like, man, I love this draft. A lot of people love this draft. Mm-hmm. On paper, it was a great draft. Now they haven't necessarily played to that level that was expected. But again, that's why the draft is a crapshoot. But if he went out here and say he say he got like a Michael Pittman Jr. or he he acquired like a Chase Claypool, some really good number two wide receiver. Wouldn't you say then in this complete last year? He's upgraded every position on paper. Yeah, like he clearly upgraded the wide receiver position from where they were at. Now, granted, you did lose the best receiver, but you would say, man, he's done a decent job. He went out and got some talent. He replaced mm-hmm. Devontae Adams with Chase Claypool, and then he found a Romeo Dobbs that looks like he can be a, a player. I don't I like on paper, I feel like Brian Gutekunst for the most part outside of wide receiver has done his job. A lot of the players aren't performing to the level that they should be playing at. And one thing that actually really pisses me off is when you hear Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry talk about their scheme on. Oh defense my God, I can't stand and, it. And how Jair Alexander can't travel though. They've had Jair Alexander travel with the best receivers in the past, by the way, yeah, that, that breakdown came out for the Jair Alexander oh, from versus Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs had zero catches against Jair Alexander. All of his production came against Stokes, Douglas. Yeah, it's great. I will talk about Joe Barry in this defense coming up because LaFleur is sticking up for him again. Rowdy, public enemy number one. Is it Brian Gutekunst? I kind of got him in the crosshairs. Is it Matt LaFleur? He's kind of in the crosshairs. Is it Joe Barry, the DC? He's kind of in the crosshairs too. Got a triple barrel gun here. Nelly, Matt LaFleur was asked, will there be a defensive shakeup? Will there be a defensive? Before I play the comment, how do you feel about guys that get fired midseason? Packers are three and five, lost four in a row. Midseason firings, a fan, yay or nay? If he's one of your guys, like with the Paul Christ, I, I feel like it's it's easier to say this in the college ranks, where it's a guy that came back to you know his alma mater. He's a respected person at that university or whatever. Or even if you went down to the high school level, (laughs) I feel like there's closer relationships. Like, yes, the the college, it's a job, it's a business, Mm -hmm. but there's still a little bit of that. Hey, he's a Wisconsin guy or he's a Michigan man. Like Polly there in the NFL. I don't think there's any type of loyalty like that. If your head is on the chopping block, you could be done at any time. Benjamin. 
Mid-season firings in the NFL. It depends. Obviously, it works for your Major League Baseball for Joe Girardi. Yeah. Football's <laughs> tough. It's also, it depends what you're firing. Firing a D.C. midseason is really hard. It depends on who you're going to promote. Now, let me ask you this quick. In your time in Wisconsin, you may have realized it. I wonder if it's like this in Philadelphia as well. But for as long as I can remember, it's death taxes and Packer fans wanting to fire their defensive coordinator. Since I was a wee little lad crapping in diapers. Fire the D.C. Fire every year. Fire the D.C. Was it like that in Philadelphia? It was for a long time before certain people took over. Very successful. Yeah. Jim Schwartz. Um, You know, I also had the idea of what if in the world where the Packers get to like three and seven, three and eight. We must sacrifice someone. They lose three to four more. What if they promote Passaccia to interim head coach? He did it in Vegas. Oh, so wait, interim? It's head not coach? like he hasn't been in that position You're before. Saying head coach. Yeah, but like as the interim when someone else wouldn't be there. In like, theory. If they go to three and eight. Like Mr. Eyebrows? In theory. Man. Oh, but, I would love that chaos. Hey, he led a team to the postseason. That was at the time not expected yeah. to do it. I don't anything. know. He would be my Are you question. starting to fire Matt LaFleur bandwagon? Because I'll hop on. Three La fraud, la dud, la bum, la fool, la fired. Here's my question with the DC though. <clears throat> does firing Joe Barry fix all of it? Does, Someone needs to be sacrificed does, for, for the cheeseheads to be does, appeased. Does firing him make Darnell Savage remember how to tackle? Well, this is no. the thing. This is the thing for me. Cut him. When I when I'm looking at public enemy number one between Gutekunst, uh, Lafleur, or Barry, Goody, I kind of give a pass because his his hands were kind of tied with the amount of salary cap that he did. Remember, we were talking about salary cap hell. He had to do all those moves to get under. Plus, he pretty much brought back everyone the Packers and Packer faithful was hoping they could bring back. Now, did he did he leave the cupboard really bare at the wide receiver position? Yes, but out of all the other positions, I felt like he at least upgraded them or they were pretty neutral outside of the wide receiver position. Now, LaFleur and Barry, you look at the defensive woes for the Green Bay Packers... One, obviously, you start with the defensive coordinator because there's no way that all of these guys can all take step backs at the same time. It's just it's almost impossible that everyone would have a down year in the same season after all having good years the season before. But the reason why I put a little bit of that on LaFleur is because he's the head guy. Like we're talking about Jair Alexander. Stefan Diggs did not make a catch while Jair Alexander was on him. Everything that came against the Green Bay Packers defense was Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes, majority Rasul Douglas. And then you keep telling you over and over and over, so, Jair can't travel with the the guy. It's it's hard to do. It can switch up your, your schemes, and then we have to change everything. Well, guess what? You know what else changes everything? When a guy's burning you every single possession. He was on Gabe Davis all night. Yeah, Jair was, but I I think genuinely many players on the defense have taken large step back steps. They back totally have all at the same time because it, I think okay. it's because of the scheme. All right, before my Clemens- Andre Campbell has taken massive steps. Well, he's back. hurt now too. Darnell Savage can't tackle. And he's terrible. Well, he was never. He was good. He was, was, good to, he he was, was decent his rookie year. And it's been. not all the scheme. It's also Eric right. Stokes is is playing really tough football. Before we get to Mike Clemens, I wanted to play the one clip from. Matt LaFleur about a defensive shakeup. Is it going to happen? Here's the head coach. Oh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> and that's why he's part of the problem. Because he at least has to say something. Oh, no. If you're Absolutely watching, not. If you're watching Rasul Douglas get carved up and down the field by Stefan Diggs, you don't think you're going to run over being the head coach to Joe Barry and say, hey, why don't we try Jair Alexander on him? Well, how you about know? this? LaFleur was asked about that. Um, here's the question. Why aren't you sticking to the corner that's paid $21 million a year on Stephon Diggs? So the challenge is when you're playing a quarterback that has the ability to scramble like Josh Allen, do you want to be caught in man coverage? So now everybody's back is to the quarterback and they don't have vision on him. And we already saw what he did to us yesterday. I think he had, what was it six scrambles for 49 yards or whatever it was? That is typically the case. It's hard to play man coverage. Would you rather have Josh Allen beat you with his legs or with his arm? I would say his legs. 
I would I would bet against Josh Allen and his because legs he could tune him up. Yeah, before I would I would say ah, let's let him throw it all over us. They could wax him. Yeah, and when he's running, he has the ability to get injured. Yeah, if Darnell Savage actually laid some wood, they said he just laid him into some air. Oh, it's on Allen. It's on James Cook in the middle. There's so many one-on-one plays that would change the course of games that the defenders aren't making. So I can't put it all on Barry when the guys are in the right spot a lot of the time. They just can't make plays. Ben, I like this uh, LaFire train. Let's go, baby. Let's if go. They lose to the line. Like when huh? here's when here's when the most people get on that train. When Big Mike and the boys come to Lambeau Field and beat Matt LaFleur and the Packers. It's the same. Then it will be fire Matt LaFleur. It's the same when Mr. Bielema came to Madison and beat Mr. Chris. Big Mike and the boys, if they best best the Packers at Lambeau, LaFleur is LaFired. If they lose to the Lions, I already said it earlier this week, 10 out of 10 panic meter, people are freaking out. All right, well. uh, I'm surprised you're not already there. Rowdy's penalty went down relaxed. after the loss. I've become relaxed in my old age. From a consistency standpoint, way too many explosive gains, poor tackling. We need to be more physical. I think you look at the teams that are, are the toughest to deal with in this league, especially from a defensive standpoint, and physicality just it jumps out to you. And there were moments where we're not always getting that. Packers uh, head coach Matt LaFleur right there talking about the defense to be a little more physical. This guy, he keeps it physical. I'm not talking Madonna either. Our guy, Mike Clemens, in the house. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Mike. Uh, I'm a little perturbed with the Packers. Got the trade deadline coming up and the, the four-game losing streak, but uh, I'm good. Any day I'm not pushing daisies is good, you know? You know, anytime the Packers had a loss, the rare time they've had a loss in the first three years that – Matt LaFleur's been in Green Bay, or maybe, you know, a letdown. Uh, you know, I watched these games about three times after they're played, and, you know, when you're playing the 49ers and even sometimes teams in your own division, like the Bears at certain points, it's just Green Bay never matches the physicality of other teams. You're know, like, where's our big hits? Adrian Amos will play, have a big hit every once in a while. Uh, but, you know, and Rashawn Gary... But it's just, it's more technique. It's one of the reasons that they keep their penalties down until this year. But, you know, for LaFleur to stand up there yesterday and say, we need more physicality. And every time he talks about upcoming opponents, like the like the Patriots this year and, and other tough teams, like the Giants, he'll say, hey, these guys are really physical. I like the way they fly to the football. It's almost like it's like he's dropping hints to his defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, or his whole defensive staff. Like, this is the kind of defense that I'd like to see us be playing. You know, this one that I'm watching tape of that we've got coming up this week. And, you know, yesterday he was asked point blank, you're thinking about making a change of defense coordinator. Oh, no, 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 no. no. You know, which... Oh my! I have, to, I have to correct myself first. Uh, maybe instead of not, not Madonna, I meant Olivia Newton-John for physical. Maybe today at practice or uh, tomorrow at practice, Matt LaFleur's you know, soundtrack will be Olivia Newton-John. Let's get physical. I said, "Hey, Joe. Hey, Barry. You listening? You listening? You listening?" Yeah, the category is jazzercise of the eighties. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So it, I just I don't. I thought that was a strange thing for him to say. Now he's 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 coming right out. Yep. Yeah, we're not a physical enough team. Well, yeah, on on both sides of the ball, on all you know, in all three phases. Really, you never have been. You've been good at technique. You've been good at keeping clean, but. You know, you don't have guys just playing out. So the thing that we're going to remember about this uh, Bills game Sunday night, it's going to be like Bears-Packers in the 80s. where No, you don't even remember the score. They just remember the fights. They just, you know, remember the stuff going on in the sidelines. And, uh, and it starts with Sunday night that both teams have to come down the same tunnel. I think NBC caught it on, on camera. But, you know, we even had people from Wisconsin, media people in the tunnel said, Stefan Diggs clearly sought out 23, Jair Alexander, and started this trash talk stuff in the tunnel as we were going out. And then, you know, Diggs, who has another great night, a touchdown and some catches, I think he's got a touchdown reception every time he's played the Packers, whether it was with the Vikings yeah. or now with the Bills. Um he was asked, you know, at the podium, does this stuff date, this, you and the Packers, does this date back to your time with the Vikings? 
I used to play them in the past. So it wasn't like something I anticipated him, I don't know, doing the shit that he did. I didn't anticipate that. Well, he started. I, I don't know who started. I finished it. I got the win. I mean, he did get the win. At the end of the day, that's what I would want, too. I know when Jair uh, rarely covered it, I think Stephon Diggs, if he did at all, um, he, he shut people down. But I don't understand, Mike, why they can't put the guy who makes, what, $21 million on the number one wide receiver. I don't get it either because uh, they only covered him about three or four times. So there's all this hype about, you know, the trash talk and, and you know, during timeouts on the field and everything. Uh, but in the meantime, Jair is uh, out there after, you know, in the locker room after the loss. And he's talking about the stuff that was going on between him and Diggs and the Bills. Uh, man, I was just keeping it real with him. That's, that's all that was. He said he didn't know who started it, but he said he finished it. Mm. I don't know what he mean by that. I need more clarification. Yeah, he called him, did, he did the little boy. I called him a little boy. I, I love that when he says, I need more clarification. <laughs> yeah, like, I, isn't that hysterical? Uh, who's got the worst, I mean, who's got the worst trash-talking voice? Now, obviously, if you didn't know what he looked like, you, you know, Mike Tyson or Jair Alexander, both interesting voices. Mm, yeah, you know, and Rashawn's a little more like in the Tyson category, too. <laughs> yeah, <unfortunately. it> did. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know a thing or two about that, Mike, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to say that too loud because you yeah. know, I've already pissed him off one time this summer <laughs> when I said, hey, how about that, that rookie, you know, that number 50, he's really doing a good job in pass protection. What are you, what are you trying to say? I think I played that clip for you during you camp, did, right? You did, you we'll, did. We'll keep that between you and I, Mike. We won't remind Rashawn. Yeah, Rashawn's out there on the field going, I weed his children. I am mean, that Mike Quimmins. I'm going to bite that Mike Quimmins you off. <laughs> exactly. No, you heard me backpedaling. You yeah. know, like, oh, my God, what have I unleashed I'm here? Alexander. I'm the great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the one part that gets really serious is that, you know, Quay Walker, uh, proud to be the first-round pick, proud to come from the national championship, Georgia, and, uh, and a guy who – when he took about four or five questions in the locker room, and he doesn't talk much because he's, he's a respectful, learning, work-in-progress rookie. And I think he's going to be a great player. And I think he's, shown, he's done, made a lot of good plays. And as I've been saying, I, I noticed this a couple of weeks ago. There's an awful lot of teams that are saying, okay, let's run to Quay Walker's side. Okay, all we've got to do is put a tight end over there, have him run over the middle. That'll, Walker will bite on that every damn time. And we'll just run off tackle to that side, and we'll pick up seven yards on the next play. Um, Quay Walker was asked a couple of questions about his ejection and what happened in the play. And then when one of the people said, gee, you know, we saw you, there was a, a shot of you walking in the tunnel and walking into the visitor's locker room alone. You know, that must have been tough to sit here and watch the game from TV. He got choked up. He, I mean, he got tearful because... Yeah. You know, he realized he wanted to be out there, and he left his he let his team down, and how bad that felt to get re, you know ejected like that. And he, you know, he's like, looks, you know, everybody on our team has said we've got to be more intense, we got to push back, and and that's exactly what he did. There's this uh, uh, practice squad tight end that had been originally drafted by the Vikings standing there, that's jawing at him, and that's when he shoved him. So. Quay Walker says, yeah, I'm going on the outside. I'm trying to stop James Cook, a guy you know, I went to Georgia with on a running play, and here's what happened on the play that got me ejected. So I was making a tackle on the sideline on my former teammate, and uh, I just felt as I was getting up, I wasn't on him or anything like that. I just felt as I was getting up, I felt somebody push me from behind, and I probably misinterpreted on what it was. I just felt the push, and I'm on this sideline. Uh, Feelings just flowing, you know, I'm very hyped and everything like that. And I just reacted out of emotion. Uh, but right away, as soon as I did that, uh, I regretted that I did that. But um, it's something I'm going to have to live with and I'm going to have to face. Uh, I'm willing to do so. But uh, I apologize to the guy that I did push. Uh, although I did feel like I was pushed. But that may not have been the case. But at the same time, I'm sorry for what I did. And uh, I just got to face it. And it is what it is from that case. I went and watched it a couple times, Mike. It just looked like the the Bills was a reserve tight end was just trying to help him up. I don't know if he was like, you know, maybe I misjudged it, but it looked like he was just trying to help him up. Yeah, he took it the wrong way. Tensions are high. And didn't didn't it look like though Quay had his back turned to the sideline and some someone yeah shoved him and he thought that that was somebody 
shoving him, not helping him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. tempers are high right there, and you know, a lot of right. tense moments right. on the field. Right, and so, and Rasul Douglas doesn't talk a lot, keeps it short, but you know, in the in the locker room after the game, the losing locker room, um, he said, you know, what do you want, man? You know, let us play football. I feel like we playing football. It's the National League. It's the, these are the best players against the best player. It's going to get chippy. It's going to be a little holding this stuff. Ain't it? Sometimes you just got to let them play. It's, it's, the, it's the league. Bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? This, this is the top of the top. You can't call it like there's no middle school game or no high school game. It, this is big right here. You know what I'm saying? So you got to call it like that. Let people play. As long as it ain't a, egregious, where it's like, all right, he can't make that play because you grabbing him or you holding him. It's like, all right. Like the Bob Tunyon touchdown that was called, like that was one of the worst calls I think I've ever seen. Well, and the thing that Rodgers and Lafleur were yelling about was, you you've let these defensive backs hang on these guys, and so the one time that he's just trying to keep his balance and and push back, now you're going to call that on offensive pass interference. You know that one play where Josh Allen is running down to his left hand side and ends up getting down to the goal line. It's about a 15-yard run, uh, and he passes about five Packers. I put it up on uh, the yeah. clip on my Twitter account. It's just because it, it kind of shows some poor tackling. What it really shows is Darnell Savage Jr. just blowing past <laughs> Like throwing a chicken wing out there, like his little I mean, elbow, like wing. Like. Well, he's got him dead to rights. You get, Joe Barry's got five guys in the vicinity to cover this well-known scrambling quarterback right there. And it's not until Rasul... And Adrian Amos are at the one to defend him going into the goal and you know hitting the pylon. They're the ones that, that that get to stop. But they're savage. The safety he is head on with Josh Allen, and he just blows past him. He obliterated the air. Just it was just a blur. Didn't even try to break down and hit him in the waist. You know, like they teach you in Pop Warner. It's I mean that was bad. I mean, I mean uh, you know. Savage also did make a really nice tackle from behind on Singletary, the running back, when he broke through and was running down the middle between the hashes. But there, you're missing a vocal leader on on defense. You really are. Adrian Amos can't do every press conference for these guys. It was nice that Preston Smith decided to show up and take a couple of questions from microphones, and he was asked, all right, you know, it's one thing when you lose to the Jets at home or the Commanders, but, you know, what does it mean now that you've lost a game to the Bills? Uh, man, we just we, we, we lost to the number one team in the NFL. Um, it was a close game. Uh, it's a lot of good things we put on tape, and it's a lot of good things uh, we can learn from. And we fixed our mistakes and made sure that we came out and played more uh, better in the second half. And we was conscious of, you know, our rush lanes and not make letting him get out the pocket and using his legs to make plays and, you know, force him to stay in the pocket and throw and trying to give him an uncomfortable pocket. It's, it's a lot of things we can, you know, we put on tape that we got to learn from and fix to make sure we don't make those mistakes going forward. You know what I just was looking up today, Mike? Um, the former Smith brothers, Adarius Smith, leads the NFL in sacks at eight and a half. I know, I know. I was talking to Bill about that yesterday. I think he had three over the weekend. So apparently the bulging disc surgery worked. <laughs> I mean, that's just – and that's perfect you bring that up. When you're talking about missing that vocal leader, mm-hmm. you know. By the way, did you see the Roquan Smith trade? Yeah. What is up with that? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they're rebuilt. They got a they got a second and a and a, a fifth, fifth round yeah. pick yeah. out of Baltimore. I've been watching Justin Fields. It's not for lack of trying. That kid has taken so many shots. I see him getting better every week. And he, I mean, he is playing. He he gets the heart award, man. He is all heart, and he's going to get better. But I guess he's you know uh, they're playing on a, a two or three year rebuild in Chicago, which you know they probably need. So. Um, you know, the Packers, they start moving the ball. They do no huddle toward the end of the game. It, frankly, it's garbage time. You know, the Bills went up by 14 early and then controlled the game really for the rest of it. But um, at the end, you're driving on the field. Okay, we're not going to get a touchdown. Hey, let's try a field goal. Blocked. I, it, I mean, everything, everything is going wrong for the Packers right now. And then the, the Elton Jenkins thing. First, it was the David Bakhtiari emergency the week before, and so the rookie Zach Tom has to jump into play left tackle. Did a pretty good job in pass protection. 
And now you got this emergency in Buffalo. Once again, Roger's saying, yeah, 90 minutes before the game, I found out my left guard, Elton Jenkins, is not going to go. So it turns out it wasn't a knee. It was a foot injury that he suffered last week in practice on Thursday. Somebody stepped on it, and LaFleur said, you know, Friday thought he'd be okay. Saturday, getting on the plane, okay. Sunday he wakes up, oh, boy, maybe not. And so they, you know, he warmed up on the field, and they decided to scratch him and, and put in the rookie Zach Tom and left guard there. I mean, that just it totally screws up the game plan. And losing Christian Watson with that helmet to helmet, you know, concussion. Yeah. There, there's some people on the field that said he was knocked out. Mm. I mean, that that put him to sleep. But they had at least a half dozen deep ball packages that would have helped helped them, as a, particularly in the in the beginning of that game. Yeah. Uh, so. Do you think that they're going to make a trade no, today? No, I don't think they're going to do anything. No, they won't do anything. No. And LaFleur was asked about this last night. Yeah, we've been having those conversations for weeks now, and it, it, it really comes down to, to opportunity. If the right opportunity presents itself, I know that Goody's all on board of, of trying to upgrade our roster. You're always trying to do that. But um, we're not going to just do a silly deal. <laughs> silly deal. I don't know what's worse, hearing a GM say uh, bites of an apple or a coach say silly deal. I don't know. Well, I just I want to make this point. Um, you know, people think, now ah, the Packers don't really care about a Super Bowl. You know, if they can just get in the playoffs every year, sell X amount of tickets, keep the stadium filled, the refreshments and the beer flowing, that's all they care about is a profit. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case. It, it, it's really not. I mean, Mark Murphy is as competitive as they can be, and and with all the smart things he's had to do, had to do with Titletown and all that, and you know, I've been to the Star, where Jerry Jones built a whole new facility for the Dallas Cowboys. I've been to the Patriot Village, where Robert Kraft put that together ten years ago. I've seen the new one that the Vikings just built, whole new facility, and they're all doing the same thing. They're using their real estate to add on for a village and shopping and uh, offices and, and all that kind of stuff as an extra revenue stream for signing, you know, special teams coordinators, for yeah. signing bonuses, for making the best facility to lure free agents. And so all that stuff that Mark Murphy has done, he's had to do to literally keep up with the Joneses, like Jerry Jones, but he does not want to retire in two years and say, yeah, I had Aaron Rodgers, only, only got to one Super Bowl. So this is what they've got in the field is what they thought gave them their best shot, all things considered, to try and get back into the playoffs without mortgaging you know, their chances in the next year or two. They don't, want to, they don't want to be like the Eagles. Win the Super Bowl, two years later you're firing your head coach and completely rebuilding your team. Although... That seems to work out pretty yeah, nice for the Eagles undefeated. five, six years later, right? <laughs> right, no kidding. <laughs> Mike, always a pleasure, man. Um, hopefully the Packers, you know, uh, for fans' sake, make a move or Narsik have something to talk about or lack thereof to talk about. Either way, we're going to talk about it. But we'll keep listening to you. Bill Michael's show, Grant Show tonight, my show as well. You the man, Mike. Thank you, boys. See you, buddy. There's Mike Clemens, NFL, on Twitter. Well, Michael doesn't think they're going to do anything, Rowdy. Twitter poll has got like... That's five people this morning. Here, what's that Twitter post? Me, you, RJ, Ben, and now Mike Clemens.